What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Seltzer Time Podcast. It's your boy Ricky, a.k.a. Dick Chuck, a.k.a. Man Behind the Can at Seltzer Time Official. Here, as always, with my conversation accomplice, man with the hunch about what's there, Tracks. What is cracking fizzle fiends? Or rather, what is happening, Carbonation Nation? I'm guessing uh, you talked to Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to Lucas for that amazing, I love it, Carbonation Nation. Um, what's happening, guys? Welcome back to the Seltzer Time Podcast. Uh, as always, we are so glad you're with us. Um, this is episode number 70. Holy crap, 70. And this week we're talking that's, to... What? What was that about? That's kind, of, that's kind of wild that we're at 70 already. Yeah, I mean, every week the number grows, obviously, but it's these big landmark ones, like the 10s, that I'm like, oh shit, we've been doing this for a minute. <laughs> anyway, uh, this week we have J.E. Rome, author of Tapped Yet Unrooted, Poetic Word Slaughter. Uh, it's his first book, and we're going to talk to him about you know, what it was like to release a book and write poetry and do all this cool shit. But before we get there, you know what we have to do. Hey, Ricky, how was your week? What's up? Um, my week was good, actually. Yeah, it was good. Um, trying to think of like what I did. I think last week was like probably the first week in a while where nothing, nothing like, I mean, not that like anything crazy has been happening. There's nothing to do, but like, there's no, like, it was just, a, it was just a week. It kind of felt a little normal. Um, it felt normal to me because we had a mission and I had a couple missions happening. So like, I'm kind of a stress junkie. So I love living on deadlines and I had a couple like major deadlines last week of, of stuff we were releasing and putting out there in the world. So it felt really nice to have that again. Like that felt yeah. very humanizing or at least like back to normal type of deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was good. There was a bunch of like, I don't know. I, I, I don't even actually know. I didn't really do anything last week. Just kind of like chilled. Um, I'm trying to think of like what, when we talked last, we talked last Sunday, right? Yeah. So that was Naomi's birthday. Yeah. So looks like you had a fun time and then you had your anniversary. Yep. Our anniversary was on Monday. So that was pretty Aww. sweet. What'd you guys yeah. do? Did you guys do anything? Did you make it special at all? We got some pizzas from Volterno and just kind of chilled. It was pretty awesome. Oh, I finished Harry Potter this week. So you did all seven or eight technically movies. Yes. Yeah. We did all eight movies uh, over the course of, I don't know, like two and a half weeks ish. Um, Are you a fan? So that was cool. Are you a fan? What? Are you a fan yeah. now? Like, yeah, yeah, no, it was awesome. Um, super into it. I really liked, I think the fourth and fifth movie, if I remember correctly, those two are my favorite. Um, Quidditch cup. I think so. Yeah. It was kind of, I don't know what it was about those. I think it was just like the first couple, again, I went into this like basically blind. <laughs> so going into Harry Potter with somebody who like lives and dies and loves Harry Potter was interesting. Um, on so many different levels. Like I needed to learn the characters, which is basically like me through the first, like first, second and third movie, kind of like learning characters, learning a little bit more about the story and stuff. And then I think everything just started making sense to me, oddly enough, when it got like really dark. <laughs> sure. okay. And then it was very intense. The last, the last two were very, very intense. Um, but it was awesome. It was, it was very interesting. I'm glad to hear you enjoyed it. Uh, the question that I'm most curious about what you think is, what house do you think you would belong to? So everybody said Hufflepuff. Um, I've been texting with your girlfriend saying that I thought you would be, <laughs> but I was curious what you would think. Uh, yeah, I mean, probably, probably Hufflepuff. They don't really talk that much about them in the movies. So like, I don't really know, but based on the fact that uh, not a single person who has answered that question has said anything different. I it's would your have personality. It's your bubbly and friendly and open personality. All right, I'll take it. I'm not going to claim that I'm a huge Harry Potter. Like I read the books, but I'm not, like, I don't, I don't know all the, the yeah lore jerome have you seen harry potter or read it i've seen some of them but not all of them okay it's, it's pretty it's quite the ride <laughs> i feel like uh, i'm like, so I far can't, behind. i can't get my fiance to watch them she doesn't believe in that type of stuff so really so i'm not a big like story guy like i'm not a big uh like fantasy person um right. I, like I'll watch movies all day, but I usually like the movies that are like either just like stupid and funny, or if it's like a documentary, like that's just more my speed. Mm -hmm. um, but this was super, super interesting. I kind of went into it thinking like, 
all right, like, this will be cool. And then I was, like, tearing up during the last two movies. Like, <laughs> I was like, I get you. They knock some people off, and they get you. Yeah, it was, it was, it was solid. How was your week? What, what's up? What happened? If you could, if you could admit that you cried, you're, you're a big man. <laughs> I didn't Three, fully cry. Right? I teared up. I cry every single week, though, when we watch some good news. That, like, John Krasinski YouTube show. Right. I cry every single Every single time we watch it, which we'll probably watch last night's tonight, so I'll be crying at some point. His editing is so good. He's getting all the best stuff. It's hitting me right in the feels. It's the, it's the best. It's like the kind of shit you need right now. Oh, yeah. For sure. Uh, my week was chill. Worked. Work, work, work. Sat behind this goddamn computer way too much. Uh, <laughs> my eyes on Friday started doing the thing where they, like, they twitch, where they're just like, constantly vibrate in my head and i'm like all right that probably means i'm staring at screens too much so i try yeah. to stay away from everything saturday and sunday oh nice pretty good we did a big old walk um nothing too crazy oh yeah i've been, I've been trying to sign as many books as possible yeah well, i had a feeling it's become a nightmare to be honest <laughs> with you i didn't i never imagined that i that i'd have this many sold in a week so now I hear I am like my hand is hurting from trying to write everyone something nice. You know what I mean? That's, That's a nice problem to have. And it actually is a, is a perfect segue. So let's get into this. Uh, this week we have J.E. Rome, author of, uh, oh God, I knew I was going to do this. Tapped yet unrooted poetic word slaughter. Thanks for joining us, Rome. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. What's up, man? My guy. I appreciate Long you. Long time well. no see. I know. The man behind the can, my buddy Tito. <laughs> you knew him as tito i know i know him as tito pecan oh yeah you guys want to start P. there start with a little bit of history between you two yeah uh, um we can all right do you want it good cool so i good bro and i met back when you started sjc uh okay. when did you start with 2015 it was 2000, 2016 2016 okay i couldn't yeah. remember if it was so the yeah. day the day i showed up they asked me to introduce myself and i said uh, my name is rome and i'm writing a book i'm trying to become a poet <laughs> it's true <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i didn't, didn't know what else to, what to do you know what i mean i didn't know what else to say <laughs> respect you, you nailed it you wrote the book <laughs> oh yeah here we are <laughs> that was how know, long right? ago that was well, that was in 2016, so that would have been about four years ago. But I started this whole ride nine years ago, around 2011. Damn. You saw it yeah. through to the end. Mad respect for that. Well, it's it's been tough because the book is basically about my upbringing, but it's kind of like in a way where they're my truths. I didn't want to tell anyone else's story. I wanted it to be mine. I wanted it to be authentic. And I didn't want anyone to be upset that I was sharing something that they may have felt belonged to them. So I tried my hardest to do it in, in my own words. Sure. That's awesome. That's a really good way to look at that too. I guess like, I mean, I've obviously never written a book and I probably never will. Um, <laughs> I feel like people don't need that from me. They can just listen to the podcast. But uh, right, right. yeah, I like the idea. I like what you said when you said like, it's your truth. Like you are trying to say it in your own words that way, you know, I mean, of course there's like other people involved, but this is the way you took that. Exactly. Like, uh, I have a sibling that they're super close to my best friend. And we always say like, when she reads what I write and she was part of a same situation, she was like, I've never seen it that way. Same truth, different version. So that that's what's kind of cool about the whole thing is like I said, it's through my eyes. It's not yeah. it's not your story. It's my story. That's cool. I mean, I guess it. I guess that's like the first time I think I've ever heard, like thought of anything that way. Like you always hear like you know there's two sides to everything. Correct. But you only hear that when somebody says there's three sides. <laughs> three right. Sides. Yours, my, yours, mine, and the truth. Right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was so confused. Like, Wait, what? My granddad yeah. used to say that. There's always three sides of the stories, his, hers, and the yeah. truth. And that's exactly true. And, and I deal with that a lot, especially lately now that the book's out. Like, I've pissed off so many people, I can't even tell you. Really? Even, even without even having read a word, people are upset. And even though I explain to them, this is, these are my stories and my truths, 
not happening. Are they upset at you for sharing? Or are they upset at you for? Yeah, it, it's basically it's basically forgive and forget it ever happened. Sure. And when I'm growing up and I'm having anxiety attacks and I'm reserved and I'm off to my on my own and people are wondering what the hell is wrong with me, that's what's wrong with me. I'm I'm sitting in my own disbelief, I guess you could say. Sure. It seems like it was very therapeutic to write this. Like it, oh, absolutely. like your own healing process in a way. Well, that's what happened. I had gone, I had gone to a doctor because I had a, a severe, severe anxiety attack. Um, and the doctor was like, if you don't let this go, it's going to kill you. You need to find a way to let it go. And he, he was like, do you write? And I'm like, I write some poetry on Facebook. <laughs> and he was like, we'll do it. And I was like, all right, let's do it. That's so sick. I mean, it, it, it's cool that like that one conversation kind of turned into like a book. It's like a tangible object now. Like yeah. that's pretty. The, the most difficult part of it is, is like, I don't know if you've ever been through something like super traumatic and then you like, you force yourself to forget because you don't want to live in that instant. I force myself to remember. Yeah. Everything. That's interesting. I don't know if that's, I mean, I've never had, I've never had to live through anything like that. Mm-hmm. I wonder, like, I guess, like, I wouldn't know until, until I was, like, faced with that option of, you know, either live with it or, like, try to forget about it. But I have no mm-hmm. idea what my, like, gut reaction would be. As somebody currently going through a therapy-type situation, like, we, I'm having to, to look at some of those, those stories and some of those stuff. And the, the person that we're working with is suggesting we write it down. So I found it extremely challenging, even just to reflect on my own life. I've had some things happen, but I wouldn't say anything was like hugely whatever. But even still, unlocking some stuff that I, like you kind of pointed out, that I have kind of forgotten, whether it was intentionally or not, has been powerful and interesting and hard. So I can only imagine what facing the type of stuff that you faced and then in turn putting that into a page like how much effort like how many rewrites like have you scrapped more than you kept this book has been written and i kid you not at least four times and it was and and i'll give you and i'll tell you exactly why when i first started writing it i was angry so everything i wrote was like me lashing out you did this why did you do this why did you do this to me to us you understand what i'm saying like and then i'd let it sit and then I go back and I'm like, oh, maybe that was too much. So I, I did take a lot out. Not everything that I wrote originally is in the book. Um, there are no names. There's no titles. There's no uh, breadcrumbs. It's just straight up situational poetry. That's awesome. What, what got you into poetry to start? So I was on Facebook and I'm competitive by nature. Like I want to, I, I, there's that's the saying that goes, uh, why try to fit in when you were meant to stand out? And I, I, I live by that. Like, I don't ever want to be like anybody else. So I used to start sharing like little quotes on Facebook and, and putting like my signature after it. But then other people started to copy it. And I'm like, Oh, you're going to copy that. Well, I'm going to rhyme. <laughs> you know what I mean? So by mistake, I rhymed the poem to my sons and it got like the most likes I'd ever received on a post. And I was like, I'm on something. And I ran with it. I've been writing poetry ever since. That's awesome. Yeah. It's gotten so bad that I think in rhyme. Really? Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty dope. Yeah. So. I know some, I have some friends that uh, like to spit and like to, to rap and stuff and they too find it because they're writing so often and so just frequently that they're thinking in rhymes and like it's even the half rhymes or the forced rhymes that they're like, they're trying to figure out new ways to merge words together. Well, that's, that's the thing. After writing and writing and writing, it's become a puzzle to me. Like I'm constantly like, if I move this here and I move that there, this sounds better here but this rhymes better there and and it is it's like a labyrinth a labyrinth of words do you prefer people read your writing as opposed to hearing your writing um yeah because i've just now discovered spoken word and i'm not very good at it but i'm trying (laughs) 
and sure. I do get I I posted one like last week and someone messaged me and like how come you don't rap I'm like because I'm not a rapper <laughs> <Duh. Yeah. laughs> I'm, a, I'm a writer I'm a poet but I, I think ever, the, two, the two go hand in hand I, I really yeah. do believe that have you ever like recorded any like have you ever tried to rap not rap per se but I have I've got three pieces out there that I do do the spoken word it does sound rap-ish because that's I guess that's I'm influenced you know Eminem is, is my guy so yeah it's hard not to be influenced by a guy that writes as well as he does i was gonna wait until later to ask you but i gotta know right now what's the best eminem record um i'm still stuck on kamikaze okay only because i feel like that's the one where he was the most m but like he was so hard and he didn't give two shits what anyone thought you know what i mean like i dig that that's that's the way i write i write like you're gonna read it i know you're gonna see it but I don't care what you think. Yeah. That's dope. All right. Yeah, I had I had a note I was going to ask you about that later. Like, after we did the interview, if Eminem <laughs> didn't come up. And then thinking about it now, I'm like, there's no way we would have got through this whole interview without Eminem coming up at some point. No, like, it, he, it has to because he's it's, he's such a strong, like, lyricist. And yeah. You, you can't say that I'm a writer and you don't look up to him for one, one reason or another. For sure. Oh, yeah. So I, yeah, I can totally tell that you have the hip hop kind of inspiration at times. You have a, a video playing on your website where you're kind of reading over, it almost looked like a, a pre-order advertising type deal, but you're reading some stuff in there and you have a couplet that reminded me a lot of LP. I don't know if you're familiar with him, one half of Run the Jewels, but like the way you, you went like ba 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 It was awesome. It was like a nice little, but again, it wasn't intentional to be hip like a rap it was just right, no. rhythmically to what you were saying and i thought that was really cool that, i believe that was the devil inside poem Th that's what i said that when i said that i've done a few spoken words that was one of them and like i said i don't i don't intentionally try to rap because i know that's not me but sure. i do want it to come off like this kid knows what he's doing you know what i mean <laughs> to me it, it almost seems like it's just another evolution of your creative expression whereas like you can write, you can paint, you can also paint in front of people, you know, read your poetry in front of people. But I find it fascinating with the written word that uh, it leaves so much to the, to the people the reading, to the reader, essentially, where they're going to read it and take it for a different way that you may not even have considered or maybe not even intended. And that happens to me all the time. I've started this thing on my Instagram where I ask people to read my words out loud and react to them. And so far, only one out of nine people, I believe it's nine, Ricky was one of them, only one out of the nine people have gotten my word, like my thought process correct. And I, that's not a, a knock at them. I think it's cool that they interpreted it in a totally different way than it was intended for me when I wrote it. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's why I love about fan, like abstract art. Abstract art tells way more about the viewer than it does the artist. And the way people interpret it and the way people like it impacts them speaks volume about who they are and a person, the experiences they've had in life. So the way to see your writing resonate with people and just hit people differently to me, is just fascinating. And it really shows the power of creativity and, and creative works. And that's just it. And, and like, I have a, I have a strong global following and uh, most of my biggest supporters come from the Africa, Africa. And that's they love it. Yeah. They love it over there. Like they hit me up all the time. Like, Oh my guy, I can't believe you wrote this. And, and it's so cool because it's not my friends in Worcester anymore. It's people in Africa. So that's, that's really cool. So sick. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, you're transcending borders and transcending culture. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's like, that's what hits me the most. Like whenever someone tells me like, Oh, I, something you wrote hit me so hard and I'm over here in the UK. And it's like people in the UK struggle the way people in the United States struggle. Like we bond over hardships. That's right. So how did you go? So, okay. I get like starting to write the book, but like, how did you kind of like tie it all together and get a book deal or a publishing deal? Sorry. Um, and kind of get that process going. So I wrote this entire book and it was all out of order. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense. So then I went back and took, 
200 and some poems and put them in chronological order. <laughs> as, like, so that's, as you wrote them or how they happened? After the fact. I wrote all these poems and I was like, it doesn't tell a story. It's, the story is there. Everyone is an individual story, but it doesn't tell a complete story. Then I went back and put them in chronological order and now you've got an A to B. So that's how I started. And then it was, they said, well, now you need a literary agent. And I'm like, okay, how do I get a literary agent? Well, you've got to write a I thought they fall out of trees. I'm like, okay, you know, you would think that writing the book would be the hardest process, part of the process. It's not. Finding, really? a public, finding a publishing deal that doesn't want 5K up front, that's, that's the hardest part. So I wrote a query letter and I shipped it out to 100 people and every one of them said, this is amazing, but it's not for us. And I started to really, really get discouraged. I was like, I'm self-publishing. I'm just going to sell it to my friends. And one of those friends happened to reach out to me one day. And, uh, and he says to me, he's like, how's the poetry going? And he had just um, published his own book. And I said, well, the, publish the book is great. I've got it written. I've got a manuscript. I said, I'm just not having any luck. And he was like, well, what's your story? And I started to explain the book to him. And he, and he was so intrigued by the end of our conversation that he's like, I'm going to pitch this to my publishing company. And he did, true to his word. He came back uh, two days later. He was like, they love it. And I'm like, who loves it? He's like, the publishing company. Here's the email address. Hit him up. And I did like it at work. Hi, I'm, Jer um, I'm Jerome. What's going on? The, the, this person said that I should contact you. And they were like, oh, yeah, we want to set up a meeting. And we did. We set up a, a meeting just like this I'm in a Zoom conference. And I explained to her the story. And next thing you know, send us your manuscript. We want it. Cool. And, I became, and I became a published, a traditionally published author without an agent in poetry. That's amazing. Yeah. Hard work. It, it, sometimes it really is like you're in the right place at the right time with the right person. Yeah. And having the right person believe in what you're telling. But I also think you putting yourself out there and putting the work in got you into that position to be in the right spot at the right time. Like, I think it goes hand yeah. in hand. Well, oh, that's, that's what they say. They say that I'm, I'm being a little bit too humble about it because they say like, if you hadn't spoken to me, then this wouldn't happen. But I, I'm always on the other side of the fence. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, you, you gave me the, the nod. You know what I mean? You helped me out. I'm always, that's me. That's what, that's sure. what I'll always be. Yeah. I feel that. <laughs> So you have the publisher, you've gone through the production process now. Who did the art for the book? Um, the original concept was drawn by artist Jason Boucher, who's a good friend of mine. Um, I said to Jay, I said, I have this idea. The original concept was gonna be, I, I wanted a tree growing out of my chest. Wow. I was like, you know, this is, this is gonna be like the face of the book, it's about my family tree, I, I need this. And we, we mocked it up and I was like, doesn't look right. <laughs> So one of my favorite shows um, is Big Brother. I don't know if you've ever seen the show Big Brother no. on TV. Well, Big Brother is where they put um, a bunch of strangers in a house and they all have to live together. And the last one, the last one in the house without getting voted out wins. Well, when it starts to get down to the nitty gritty, they have a saying, you got to get a little blood on your hands. And that's, I was like, you know what? This book is me getting a little bit of blood on my hands. So then we went with the cover art of me, um, looking down on my hands all bloody after, you know, doing my thing. Sure. Oh, yeah. So Jay Boucher mocked that up. And then um, after I was writing the book and everything, the cover, it just, it, I was trying to have like everything be wild. The words have to be wild. The story has to be wild. The cover has to be wild. Sure. So I said to um, another coworker, artist, Chris Cruz, who's phenomenal. If you've never seen her work, she's truly a phenomenal artist. And I said to her, well, Jay drew this drawing. Is there any way we could digital it? Digital, digitalize. Is that the word? Digitalize? Digitize. If, if we, yeah, digitize. If we could digitize this. Okay. And uh, she came back and that's, if you can see that. Rats. So that, that became the cover. I love the fact, I know this is like probably a very minor detail, but the first time I saw that, seeing you with like like that is you from 
remembering to see you every single day back when we worked together, like white tee, necklace, the hat, like that's just like, like even if I didn't know that you wrote that, I would Mm -hmm. think like, yo, that looks a lot like Jerome on this book. Like, (laughs) yeah, well, and that and that's what it was. Like I said, like my signature is all over this. Like Chris, she did a phenomenal job. Again, she she did the layout on the inside of the book. She had her hands in everything. She she really really stepped up and helped me out with this. But it, it is everything had to be wow. I wanted someone to look at this on a bookshelf and be like, "What is that? That's a poetry book." Yeah, it looks yeah, like it a murder. No, it looks like a murder mystery. You know what I mean? It, it really does. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a, the biggest book guy in the world, but like, I don't see that cover and think like, "This is a book of poetry." Like like you were saying, I would think murder mystery or or something. You know, kind of like that. But when you when you read this book everything ties in you're gonna you're gonna be like oh that makes sense oh okay the cover really does fit into the book like I I hit everything there wasn't any stone that I left unturned I wanted to make sure that if I'm gonna do this it's go big or go home that's rad yeah why not right you only got really one shot at it do it right yeah well the thing like I've been um for lack of better words I've been disowned by a lot of family members and a lot of that has to do with this book. A lot of it doesn't, but it is what it is. I feel you. I mean, I don't, again, I don't have any personal trauma like that that I've unearthed to cause it, but I have my own disassociation from a family, from a, a collection of what I would call family mm-hmm. and uh, can appreciate the feeling of not really, there's no reason to connect you. Like family is important, but you also mm-hmm. get to choose who you spend your time with. Exactly. If they're not of value, then they're not for you. Yeah. In, in my book, I say um, sometimes the family that one gains is better than the one that you're handed. Sometimes we let go of those that have taken you for granted. Sure. And that's, that's the way I feel. Like, not everybody is meant to be family. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. I, I've got friends that treat me better than my relatives. Oh, yeah. Same. Yeah, same. <laughs> I thought, I, that's and that's the thing I think that kind of could connect this to everybody you know not everybody obviously has gone through your story but like everybody has some kind of aspect of like not kind of coming out of a certain way with a certain family member as they went into it right like I said I don't hold I don't hold any grudges I don't harbor any ill feelings I just I had a story to tell from my point of view and it was therapeutic for me to put it on paper and a lot of people said, why not stop there? And the reason is because that's not closure. Yeah. Closure is sharing it with you. Sure. Yeah, it's your closure. I mean, you got to get it the way you need to get it. Mm-hmm. So like aside from, so I've seen it a lot on like social media. Um, I know you did another podcast too, right? Not just us. Um, I'm going to be doing another podcast. Actually two. I just got offered another one yesterday. Oh, so I have two, two other podcasts coming up, yeah. Oh, nice. So you're the first. nice. You're, you're the first. <laughs> That's why I was yeah. so nervous. I was like, I don't know what I'm getting into. I don't know what I'm getting into. <laughs> no, I mean, I've seen, I've, seen your, I've seen your podcast, and I love your podcast, but that's as a fan. Like, yeah. com- coming on and talking about yourself is like, that's not me. I'm, I'm, I'm very, like, I'm an introvert when it comes to that type of thing. <laughs> All right, that's a good point. Um, so aside from the other two podcasts, do you have anything else lined up for like ways of marketing the book or? Um, well, I have a website that is uh, www.tappedpoetry.com. I am also on all social media. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on several poetry sites. Like everything has been an amp up for this book. Like I didn't half ass anything. Like I said, like I was going to go big or go home. So anything I've ever shared anywhere was a build up to this book. And that's why I said like, why stop? Why would I, why would I write this and go through all this and put myself through like trauma and yeah. then burn it? Hmm. That's a good point. The other two podcasts, are they poetry podcasts or? No. Um, I'm supposed to be going on my publishing company's podcast. Nice. And uh, spazzing out with uh, Spaz from WAM. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. I haven't heard his podcast yet. Uh, I don't know what to expect but i'm excited because i'm again i'm a fan i, I love sure. he's funny he's super funny so yeah no I, I hung out with him one day when he was up in the bucket down in framingham up in the lift or whatever we sent up yeah. some beers or something 
So yeah, so shout out to Spaz from Spasmo. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh yeah. So sorry. I was just gonna ask him, what is the Fenway Park thing behind you? Uh that's my mural. That's my Fenway Park mural. That's so sick. My my sister hand painted that. That's gorgeous. That's rad. Heck yeah. I couldn't tell if it was like a video, like a video screen thing or something, but that's no, my, super- sister, my sister hand painted that. Oh yeah. Makes me miss baseball even more. <laughs> Doesn't it? I was like, I'm going on, I gotta win my Red Sox shirt for me. <laughs> there you go. Okay. I got my Red Sox hat. <laughs> I got I need not- I need some more I need some more Worcester gear though. People people may not know. I'm born and raised in Worcester, Massachusetts. So Yeah, yeah. So how long did you live in Worcester before you moved out? I, I lived in Worcester all the way up until um seventh grade. After after seventh grade we moved. Nice. So I was raised I was raised on Wall Street for the most part. Went to Grafton Street School. Spent went went to one year at Worcester East Middle, the worst year of my life. But really? <laughs> yeah, that place was crazy. <laughs> you can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. So So we started this by you saying that your hand was cramping up. You've been uh signing a whole bunch of books I see right before right. the release of this bad Larry. Yes. Like, uh, how's it feel with the book finally coming to fruition? Like, um, what are the plans for the release? To be honest with you, it, it's like I've never been so nervous and so excited about something at the same time. Understand. Like, when I said this book is coming, I felt like a lot of people didn't believe it was ever coming. It's been, it's been nine years. Like, you, you pipe it up for so long. Like, I've been really, like, talking about this for nine years. And then when I say, hey this is the D the D day. You know what I mean? People are like, yeah. Okay. Rome. And then I drop it and they're like, Oh, this is real. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's, that's the way it's felt. It's felt like nine years in the making of something. Like I said to one of my um, relatives the other day, I was like, what do I do when this is over? Like this was, this was the big buildup. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's a really good point. I was going to yeah. ask if you had anything else planned for, um, I have written a children's book with uh, artist Jason Boucher. And uh, so that'll be coming out in the future. And that, that's my goal is I, I want to write a sequel to tap um, in, in my uh, departed son's name. The, uh, the, it'll be uh, Emmanuel's garden will be the sequel to tap. And that'll be um, after my son who passed away. Cool. Yeah. Jay Boucher. Is that Jay that I know? Yes, it is. Jay Boucher, okay. who, who does the artistry for uh, SJC Custom Drums. Yeah. Uh, he's a, he's was... a phenomenal, phenomenal artist. Yeah. He is. I, dude, he's amazing. Everything he does is incredible. Yeah, I so thought he... his name was hey. Jay Butcher until, oh. <laughs> like, I could never, I don't know why, but I thought it was, like, Butcher, like, B-O-U, like, E-H-E-R. E-H-E-R, yeah. but uh, I'm wrong. <laughs> Yeah, so we came together. I wrote the story. He he's done the illustration. So that that'll be on. That's in coming up in the, in the near future. And again, like I said, I want to I want to do a debut uh, uh, follow up to Tap, and then I want to write children's books. I have a son that's um he's type one, diabetic. So I have a I have a diabetes book that I'm I'm in the process of writing children's book, things of that nature. So continue continue to raise awareness on topics that I don't feel get enough. Yeah, for sure. That's cool that you have. It, it's kind of cool that you're like your jump off project is something that is a lot darker. And then but like the next things you have coming down the pipeline are like children's books, you know, well, have a little bit more of a like. It's lighter. funny that you it's funny that you say that because someone was like, why not lead with the children's book? And I'm like, because tap is me. Like when you read tap, you're going to know me yeah. and then anything else that follows, you're going to be like, this came from there. You see what I'm saying? Is you got to start. They always say that um, it starts in darkness. Whatever starts in darkness comes to light. Yeah. T- Tapped is my darkness. Okay. That's why I really cool. got killed at the beginning of the story. Is what? That's why Bambi's mom gets killed at the beginning of the story. <laughs> yeah. Good point. <laughs> You got you got to go through some dark shit to get to your brightest bright. That's yeah. it, and that's exactly. It. I don't know anybody, and, and let's be honest. I mean, you you haven't been through what I've been through, but I don't know anybody that hasn't been through something. For sure, yeah. You know what I mean? 
and I just may have been through more or seen more. You know what I mean? And that's the thing. I, I find the more that I share, the more people I get in contact with or contacted by, I should say, that are like, something you wrote, this, that, and the third, you know, I relate to that or I'm going through that or I've been there and thank you for speaking up. And I even say that like, when I was growing up, I never had that person that was like, it's okay. I've been there. And that this book is me telling the world, it's okay. I've been there. Yeah. That's a really good way to look at that. It's cool that that is bringing people from all over the world, like hitting you up. Like, do you, do you ever think about what this process would have been like, like pre-social media? It wouldn't exist. It absolutely wouldn't exist. I've, I've built these relationships through social media. Yeah. We're fortunate enough to be in that time where social media, let's, let's be honest, like everybody knows everybody's business. For sure. That's you a good know? point. I mean, this podcast wouldn't be a thing if it wasn't for social media. You know what I mean? I, I know, I know what Ricky drinks. <laughs> you know what I, mean? yeah. like, <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't know that without social media. That's you know a really mean? good like, point. <laughs> so yeah, no, social media has been everything and like i said I, i've met friends that i didn't think i would be friends with and i've lost people that i thought would never turn their backs so that's wild mm -hmm. it's cool that you have like such a uh, i don't want to say like a tangible outlet but like i don't know i can't wrap my head around the fact that like you like you said this started as like a facebook status basically mm -hmm. and has morphed into like your nine-year life work you know like that that's pretty amazing well the thing is like the more i shared on facebook the more people were like you should be writing a book and i'm like i'm gonna write a book <laughs> you know what i mean so i did when i first started this i had like a hundred poems and i was like so proud of myself i had a hundred written poems and someone was like that's awesome who's your target audience Oh shit! I don't know. Target audience. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I literally scrapped a hundred poems, and then that was like I had gone to the doctor, like I said earlier, and he was like, "You need to get this stuff out, or you're going to kill yourself. You're just beating yourself down." I'm like, "I have a target audience." That's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's dope. It's cool to think that some of your writing could resonate with somebody else and help somebody else get through a period that they may not be strong enough to talk about or strong enough or want to even address truly and yeah. could potentially grow through some of your words. I, I can't tell you like, this is the most vulnerable I've ever felt in my entire life. Whereas I do tell things that I wouldn't have said behind closed doors True. about myself, about myself. That's not about anyone else that, things about myself that I was like, I'm taking this with me to the grave. And then I start writing this book and I'm like, I'm not taking this anymore. It gave me yeah. courage. It gave me courage in a way where it was like, you know what, maybe if I speak out, then everyone else will start to follow suit. Someone else will be like, I'm not going to deal with this anymore. That's awesome. I, uh, I believe that we all have to play with the cards we're dealt. Like that's just the way I face life. And I think so much of that is acknowledging and really addressing the stuff that didn't really go your way, whether it be whatever, however the fuck you want to look at that. Mm -hmm. So having the courage to, to truthfully look to inward, to do the self-reflection, to be like, yo, what the fuck? Like, yeah. Well, that's the thing is it's almost, it's almost taboo in the era that I grew up in to speak about your household. Oh, fuck yeah. What, happen yeah. what happens in the house stays in the house. And I and my family still believes that to this day. I'm trying to raise my children different. I'm trying to break the cycle of you can't speak about this shit. Like my son and I, he's more open with me than I've ever been with my parents. And I love him to death for it. To a fault. I have to, you know, Mike, you can't say that. But, <laughs> but he has the courage to say it to me. Whereas I would have never gone to someone... I, I went to someone one time in my life and they told me if it happened to me, you must have wanted it. And then they took it further and said, if it happened to you, you must have deserved it. And that was the last time I went to someone else with something serious. Yeah. I don't ever want my children to be in a position where they can't come to me and say, Hey, this is happening. Yeah. So that's, that's this book. That's, that's me telling the world. That's the big F you, you know, I'm not going to be quiet. I'm going to tell my story. 
It's not your story. I don't care what you say. What you could have been there, but that's your story to tell. Tell your story. Right. right. This one's mine. You write your own book. Exactly. Control your yeah. narrative. That's awesome. That's badass. But like you're taking that approach to all of this. It's really really cool. I mean, it, it got bad. Like I I have had family members threaten to sue me. I had there's no names. Yeah. I had to come up with a unique way to tell my story. So you'll find that the entire story is written around the family tree. Grownups are leaves. Siblings and children are seeds. And I tell the story as if you fell off my tree. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. And like I said, every poem is a story in itself, but it's a build up to the next. And then it just keeps, it snowballs. Like by the time you get to the end, you're like, holy shit. <laughs> and that's and that's been the response every person that i've read this is like holy crap i can't believe you went through this you wouldn't what? know like and that's the other thing that i've been trying to tell people is i want you to be able to look at people like a ricky and be like he may have been through some shit he doesn't show it but he may have yeah you wouldn't look at me and be like this kid's been abused no yeah i don't carry myself that way no you just say like you come to work talking about basketball and, and sports and you're always in the best mood ever. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's me now. That wasn't me before. Then that's, yeah. that's the change. You, you guys saw the change. Um, you got me at the end of the writing period. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. got me when I'd already put myself through it <laughs> prior to that. I probably wouldn't have been as upbeat. I probably wouldn't have been as happy with myself. I would have been still self-loathing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the book comes out officially May 15th, Correct. Which is this Friday? Yes, Friday. So I, I've been selling signed copies myself through, through the website. And uh, May 15th is the official launch date. Everywhere um, books are available online, you can get them. Really? Through all like major distributors and stuff like that? Yeah, so it'll be on Amazon. It'll be on Barnes & Noble. It'll be, it'll be everywhere. Yep. That's exciting. Cool. Available for Kindle and all that? Exactly. Ebook, yep. Very cool. And then just give people a reminder of where they can find that. Um, it's www.tappedpoetry.com. Rad. We suggest everybody go through and kind of take a look at Rome's writing and yeah. go check it out. That's fascinating. Anything yeah, else you want to touch on before we move well, into if, the last? If you want to see, if you want to see like more examples of what I've written, I'm on Facebook under Poetic Rome. P-O-E-T-I-C-R-O-M-E. Awesome. And we'll do some plugs before we get out of here too just to remind the people and help them find you. Appreciate you. Awesome. Um, moving into Stoke and Poke. Let's do it. Take us away, someone. Schools closed, Tom Hanks, trouble in the big banks, no vaccine, quarantine, no more toilet paper scene, travel ban, Weinstein, panic, COVID-19, NBA gone away, what else do I have to say? It's time for Stokes and Pokes now. It's time to do Stokes and Pokes. Something like that. It could work work around with whatever's going. Thank work. you so much, Solon. Uh, I'll I'll start us off with the Stokes and Pokes. I'm gonna poke. Uh, sitting here in this office, working my my hunch off. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I like having. I have a television screen right here, like a 32 inch television screen right behind this computer. And normally, I will have either like live music or some kind of playlist, or sometimes some kind of podcast or whatever. Something playing here because I spend too much time in this goddamn room by myself and it's really lonely. So like sometimes I'll listen to other people play video games to make it feel like I have friends um, or music <laughs> to make it feel like I'm whatever, have something going on. Fucking YouTube. And I'm poking YouTube for whatever reason on music playlists specifically after 40 minutes, every 60 seconds or so it asks you if you're still listening so if I'm in the fucking zone working on something like trying to, like I was working on a website today, trying to get into like the nitty gritty of code every 35 seconds, this thing is asked, it's pausing the music and asking me if I'm still listening. Fuck Whoa. you, YouTube. Like I want to <laughs> listen to Baroness. I don't want to listen to your stupid silence. So if I click it once, that should be enough. Yeah. Confirmed. God damn. Whoa. Anyway, that's your Spotify dog. Well, and that's exactly. It. I like watching the musicians play. There's just something about the. Oh, okay. I get. It. Sorry. I yeah, 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 yeah. 
playlist going. I didn't realize you meant like like actual live performances happening. There's so many beautifully shot live performances out there from like the past <clears throat> 10 years that I just haven't oh, really yeah. listened to yet. But you're 100% correct. I did give up on YouTube and went to Spotify. So there you go. I don't know if you guys can hear. My wife is yelling at our tiny dog. Um, and I don't know how much of it's getting picked up. I really hope I, I can't hear anything. I don't hear anything. <laughs> anyway, um, I am stoked about uh, a project that my wonderful friend Jess Curtin and I have been working on for a little while now. Um, last Friday on 508 Day, we released the very first issue of the Worcester Quarantine. It's a collection of uh, creative works from people around the Worcester area that reflect what life like what life is like uh, during the pandemic and during this quarantine. Um, it's free to read online. If people want to go to facebook.com slash Worcester Quarantine, Q-U-A-R-A-N-Z-I-N-E, um, you can check it out. In the first issue, we feature the work of the Worcester Youth Press Project, which is the organization that Justin and I have been working with uh, Artreach on teaching young students how to make zines. So those students, Bella, Eileen, Emily, Erica, Grace K, Grace S, and Mia, all have contributed, as well as Gabe Rollins, Tracy Whitney, Brie of Studio DeBella, local artist Grimm, Wash Slaps, Brianna Nebel, Thomas Somebody, uh, Jess's niece Eloise, Adam Cutler, the homie Marcus Ohanesian, Kelly Momberger, and my wonderful wife Sarah uh, have all contributed. It's 32 pages, all in black and white, and we're already working on this, the second one. And it's fascinating to me who's read it. Like, so it's all through issue. I don't know if you've ever guys ever gone on issue.com. Um, but you can put up magazines, you can read magazines for free online, and it has the whole page flip aspect to it. It works oh, that's cool. really well on the phones or the tablets because you could sit there and like zoom in and shit. Um, but we're seeing numbers and in just like, I don't know, it's Monday, so four days, we've gotten three hundred reads on this thing, which is like, fuck yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So I mean, we're not looking. We're going to be doing some printed versions. I went out and I bought a printer, and I got a bunch of copies ready. I did. I did some artwork on the cover and some stuff on the inside. Um, but it's it's fucking awesome. And what I love most about it is that it has a combination of like student work, so like really early amateur, not amateur so much as just like early days, as well as a little bit more. Like this is grim. His work is fantastic. Um, that's cool. So it's that contrast that I really love. Like it's really eclectic and weird and ranging. Yeah. Super excited about it. And that's what I got. Nice. Dope. What do you have for us, Rome? Uh, my poke is going to be family drama. I'm over it. I'm no longer going to entertain it. I don't want any more of it. <laughs> there you go. Especially where it, where it pertains to this book. The book is written. The book is coming out May 15th. I don't want to hear about it. You know, it's, it's done. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm still being harassed by family members that are like, we're, we're past that. Let it go. Yeah. There's no names in there. <laughs> no, there's no names. There's no breadcrumbs. That's yeah. guilt. That's what there is. There's a lot of guilt. So yeah. Um, my stoked is going to be the friendly house in Worcester who continues to take care of their community throughout this pandemic. I was All raised right. at, I was raised at the friendly house. I can't give them enough praise for what they do and what they've done for me personally. So those are my two. Hell yeah. Awesome. That's a great stoke. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so my poke, um, I used to, and I really hope that it goes back this way, but like I used to absolutely love going grocery shopping. Like it used to be like one of my favorite things to do. It was just, it's like, it's like going grocery shopping and then like going to like some liquor stores where there's like a really cool selection. Like even if I don't buy anything, I just like to like walk through and like look at stuff and figure out like what I want. Um, I never go in really with like a, a, a hard list. I kind of just go in with like an idea of what I want, but I do also go to the same store. So I know where everything is. Yeah. Um, so my poke is I've been the one going grocery shopping during quarantine um which is totally fine and i'm all about it but also today going grocery shopping i think i finally hit my like my actual breaking point it went from being this thing that i loved into being like probably the most 
stressed out I've ever been in a place was today. There's, I feel that. There's just so many people and like, you're trying to like, like be safe for yourself, but you're trying to be safe for them and you're trying to not touch everything and you're trying to not touch your phone. But I'm also trying to like, make sure like I'm getting everything that like Naomi needs and like, and that I need stuff. And it's just like, you start like, like you, you, it's not a relaxing thing ever. <laughs> right. Um, and yeah, today just like, like I was exhausted when I got home and I was like, all I do is go to the store. How is this possible? But it's just and like, you know, the, the aisles are one way, which is a great idea, but I'm trying to like make sure I'm being conscious of which way that aisle's going, but also I'm watching people coming at me and I'm like, am I wrong? Are they wrong? Like what happened? Like it's I got, just, I got yelled at in Walmart for going the wrong way up an aisle. Really? <laughs> I haven't seen anybody get yelled at yet. I've heard a lot of stories, but like I haven't actually experienced that, but I think I'm like so scared of being the person who gets yelled at because I'm like not trying to be like, not trying to like defy the rules. Like I'm all about following them. I totally back it. It's just like, oh man, I like. I feel you, homie. I was at I was at the store last night trying to get the meat for the burger, and this woman is like optimizing the entire beef section where I'm trying to just like get in there and look. She has her cart here. She's on the phone. She doesn't give a fuck about anybody, and I just wanted to like, lady, get out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's another thing too. Like I'm. I'm so like, I'm focused on trying to not be in front of something for too long. Cause I know that I'm not the only person who wants that. Right. right. And like, you know what I mean? It's just, it becomes this, like, like your brain doesn't stop and you're like, all I'm doing is fucking grocery shopping. Like yeah. how is this becoming so stressful? It's gonna I become up. afraid. I become afraid of the people that sneeze and cough under their masks. Oh like, yeah. As soon as I hear it, I run the other way and I've never been that way. Yeah. No, me either. And like, you have to be though. Like that's the, that's the whole thing. It's like, you cannot, you know, you don't want to be around anybody, but you're, you still have to like get the stuff you need. Cause like the last thing you want to do is like have to go back to the store. If you forgot oh, something. I've left, I've left the store without items. I'm like, I'm not going back down that aisle. Really? <laughs> get, get that next week. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> but yeah, so that my poke is grocery shopping. I, I'm a big fan of like the quarantine living. Like I love, my lifestyle right now like just kind of chilling um but i really miss uh my my love of grocery shopping because right now it doesn't exist i i really don't like it <laughs> but to be fair it did take me like two months to hit that breaking point so <laughs> yeah, we're basically eight weeks in at this guy yeah so all right um and then my stoke um aside from what naomi's making right now because it smells <laughs> incredible uh Worcesterwares came out with a bunch of new stuff last week. Travis designed most of it <laughs> and is currently wearing. There's some other stuff. Only like half of it. Yeah, but like still. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just, it's, it's cool. So Jess dropped off some of the new shirts at my house Thursday night. So I woke up to a package on my doorstep with a bunch of stuff in it. And like a lot of like me coming into Worcesterwares was trying to like, to bring like a new way of how things go, like like bring like fresh eyes onto it and, and to bring like a, a younger male perspective. Cause I, I mean, aside from Travis, <laughs> I think we're the only, you're the only guy that was working there. And I'm basically just Friday guy. I was helping yeah. out. But it, it was cool. It's cool to see kind of how things have gone from like, you know, when I started in November to where they are now where, and even though I don't design anything, but like, kind of like waving that flag for certain things and then and even down to like a color of something that somebody else designed and then watching it come to life and then looking at the sales just like kind of going crazy and people loving that same thing um yeah i'm just like super stoked on on all that i'm not stoked on packing anymore i've been packing packaging orders for a it gets, couple days it gets I, have, fast. <laughs> I have so many to do tomorrow and i'm just like I hate this. It's also, we didn't really have like, our process isn't built for as many orders as we got last week. So it's like, it's very slow. It, it, it's, it's kind of exciting though. Cause then it also gives me like the idea of like, okay, I've packaged merch before. Like it can be done way faster than this. I wish I knew how we did this before. So I could have helped like at least put those ideas out there. 
So I'm excited to get through this week and get caught up on everything. And then hopefully we can start to like implement some, uh, some processes that make a little more sense, but, but yeah, definitely stoked on all the new gear, stoked on all the orders. Um, I want to give you a shout out on that live stream. I know you had a big hand in that and that was super fun to just experience and watch. Like I didn't, I didn't request because I just wanted to have like all the fans. Yeah. There were some people that were legit excited and that was just fun to watch. Yeah. So like, so for anybody, I don't know if you saw any of that stuff, but uh, Worcesterware's so 508 day was on Friday. Yep. Um, so last year was the first 508 day, like celebrated 508 day. Um, this year we wanted to do, I, I, I didn't work there last May, but they gave away like a whole bunch of shirts and we kind of changed that whole process this year. Cause you couldn't go to the store and like try to do anything to win kind of had to do it like online. So <laughs> I, a couple weeks back, you know, that Instagram account, the fat Jewish, he like posts like memes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he, I think I followed him on Seltzer Time because I don't think I follow him through my personal one. But he started doing this like Instagram live, like a couple days a week, where he would just go live and like bring on he like you, who wants to come on, and he'd bring on like random people, and then they would answer a trivia question, and he'd be giving away like like he'd pay your rent for a month or he'd give you a trip to wherever when Corona's over. Like he also has crap tons of money and a lot of sponsors like he has those resources but it was super interesting to watch because you'd watch and, it, and there was no like there's no build-up like he would just pop on and be like all right what's up you guys and like his intern would run run his phone or whatever and he'd be like all right this is what we're gonna do what's up babies and he'd like pour a glass of wine and like just instantly start bringing people in and you'd get like two seconds like he'd bring you on he'd be like what's up you don't get to be like, hey, what's going on? Like, my name's Ricky. I live in what? He's like, what's up? This is your question. Who's Jennifer Aniston dating right now? Yeah? Oh, wow. Okay. You don't know? All right, cool. Get her out of here. Bring somebody else in. Like, it was <laughs> rapid fire. But uh, so when, we, when it came to, like, how are we going to do our giveaway 508 day, that's the only thing that made sense to me was, was that process. Because I was like, yo, like, this guy did this, and it was wicked interesting like i didn't try to win i know that i'm not going to get picked it's like a one in a billion chance right granted whispers it's like a way smaller thing but like if you without doing like an actual instagram live and and bringing in like the interview aspect of it or or bringing in giving anybody any time really at all it just comes down to like we want to give shit away how do we do that and make it fun so we decided to go with like that style but ask them. So then we were trying to figure out like what the trivia questions should be. I loved them. I loved them. And we were like, I was like, yo, don't like my whole, every time we have a meeting at work, my number one thing is like, don't think like we just need to go with stuff. Like it's a seltzer time mantra. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like if you wait too long, it's not fun anymore. Like just fucking do it. Like let's go. Baseball. No, this is right. This is right in your wheelhouse. It, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was like, it was, this is what I was hired for. It was like this oh, yeah. one moment. <laughs> so I was like, yo, like, we're just going to ask random questions. And Jess was like, oh, I kind of like that. Like, what was your first Worcester experience? And I was like, yeah, it's great. I'm going to probably go with like, what'd you watch on Netflix yesterday? We tried to ask questions where there was no right or wrong answer. It mm-hmm. literally was like just a question to have fun and laugh. And then we gave them whatever the heck we said we were going to give them anyway. That's awesome. But it was great. We had like, I think it was like 212 like unique viewers or and we, only, we were only on there for like 20 minutes. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was insane. And a lot of people, we had like an average of like 60 viewers pretty much the entire time, which is really cool. We had a lot of requests to come on, which is a lot to handle, but it was dope. That was super red. And it was awesome to have the design come out so people can get the monogram design, the 508 monogram I designed on WorcesterWares.com. This, what we're calling the classic yeah. author. That reminds me of the, um, what's that school in Worcester up on Dorchester Hill? Worcester Academy. Yes. It does kind of look that. That's dope. Is that the colors? Yeah, the crimson white, right? Uh, I think so. That's interesting. Travis also did that same shirt in like a navy green with like, is it black or white? I think it's black writing, right? Do you say black navy writing? green? Or is navy? Navy, like navy green. green. <laughs> now I love that. It was like army green. Oh, navy blue. 
<laughs> I love it. No, I love navy green. That's that's it. That's it from here on out. Yeah, it was like an army green. It was like a olive drab, and it was black awesome. writing. I thought you were giving me shit. Okay, I don't know anything about colors, but I thought you were giving me shit. Like I was saying the wrong thing. That like navy and green were different. They are. But in my mind, I was thinking army green, and I was like, Travis, like we all know, I don't know like design terms. You gotta be this pedantic, you motherfucker. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love it. So yeah, uh, people want that stuff. Worcesterwares.com at Worcesterwares. Um, more stuff coming. Seltzer Time. Seltzer Time has merchandise. Uh, so we were pushing the 508 day. I want to give a big shout out to everybody that helped make that a success. Um, yeah. We got a ton of notes from people saying that 508 day was some of their busiest days. Like Crust put out more sandwiches that day than they've ever had. So oh, yeah, uh, yeah awesome. Nate, not Nate, uh, Zach. Zach hit me up and shot me a message. So shout out Zach, shout out everybody that Zach. helped. Um, if you're still ex uh, if you're still able to help support small business, please do. Just remember to not be an asshole. Uh, you've been stuck inside, and they are doing oh. their fucking best to help you. So just yeah. check your attitude, check your privilege, and just be thankful you're fucking out of your house. That was my original poke, but like I kind of like kind of went at that the other day, and I was like, I'm just gonna I'm gonna hold off on that. But there's actually more of that happening yesterday too. A bunch of people I know that either work in small businesses or own them um, were saying that people are getting a little, it's becoming a lot. People are, be, are a little too entitled right now. Yeah. But, Everybody's going through it. It's been eight fucking weeks. We're all on the goddamn edge. We all want to lose our fucking minds, but we're all in the same shit. So mm -hmm. nice. It'll be better if you just be fucking nice. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Um, and then before we get into the, the last little bit, I just want to give a shout out to the anonymous donor that asked me to finally admit that I am. I peel oranges very well. Uh, well played. I'm still not true, but if you go to seltzertime.com and make a donation, you can have us say whatever you want. So uh, <laughs> that's what that anonymous donor did. And I, I applaud your creativity. Seltzertime.com if anybody else wants to make us say something silly. That's so funny. Nice. Um, thank you for hanging out with us for an hour, talking about this book. Yeah, thank you for time. having me. I appreciate it. Oh, Fantastic. One Thanks for time. coming on, man. <laughs> Sorry, guys. How do people find it? Remind the people. Uh, www.tappedpoetry.com. And then on oh, yeah. your socials? My socials, uh, Poetic Rome on Facebook, Poetic.Rome on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Is that where people can find the piece on Ricky reading your poem? The On Instagram, you can find Ricky reading my poem, yes. Cool. Yeah, I remember him doing it, and I remember it, like, it was a cool idea. I, I'd be glad to hear that you kept it going. Heck, yeah. I mean, a lot of people, you'd be surprised at how many people are shy. <laughs> like, it hasn't been the easiest thing to get someone to read a poem. <laughs> so I remember I, doing it. I did it at my parents' house, and, like, I, I mean... I've, I mess around on camera all the time, but the idea of reading somebody else's words and like trying to not, like it, it was, it's such a different thing to do right. reading like your words to a camera while also like trying to focus on like what's going on. Like it was such a different experience for me. I've never had. To I remember that. I gave you a poem on the scarlet letter that yeah. like related to it. It related to something that had happened to me personally. But as a metaphor, I used the scarlet letter, and you were like, who the hell is Hester Prynne? <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> I do. <laughs> that's so funny. And it's, again, that's the type of thing that makes it great. Like, you get someone else's interpretation of something that you've done. So. Yeah. No, for sure. That was so not cool. much of a book guy. I'm not. Last night, we have a bookshelf, like, over there. <laughs> Um, and you can tell the books that are Naomi's and that are mine because mine are all uh, either sports or music related. And last night we were watching this past week's Saturday Night Live and uh, Tina Fey popped on and she was in front of her bookcase. And Tina Fey and I both have the Keith Richards biography in our bookcase. And I was like, there it is. I'm basically on Saturday Night Live right now. 
<laughs> and uh, my book is available now through me signed for pre-order so yeah we'll be posting all the links and stuff to you so for sure but pick it up i gotta order mine still i still haven't pre-ordered yeah what you waiting for i, I don't know i'm gonna do it right now <laughs> awesome well so we should probably sign off so ricky can order the book thank you again yes. Ron, for coming on uh people want to find so me i am on the internet at hunchback travis you can find me uh, at DickChuck77 and also Seltzer Time Official. How do I always almost forget what my Instagram is? <laughs> I don't know. You live on there. But I... <laughs> I know. You got a lot of things to keep track of in that head of yours. Yeah, true. Life is hard. Thank you so much for listening and making it through another episode. We'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Thanks, Rome. Appreciate you. Sorry for partying, everybody.